0: Attention sports fans, are you a fan of an NFL team and it better be the Raiders? This is Hondo Carpenter from the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. How would you love to attend your favorite team and it better be silver and black week one in Denver or whatever game that you pick? Well, you're in luck because the Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice up to 5,000 bucks. And like I said, it better be with me in Denver, where the Raiders take on the Broncos. The rules are really simple. Do this. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it. Once you're done, then all you have to do is sit back because you're officially registered and wait to win. That's right. Four free tickets. To any week one NFL game, you better pick Denver. What are you waiting for? Go now and enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com. I'll see you there, brother. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders insider podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network, joined by my dear friend, The one and only, the great Johnny Shop. John, so next week, football season will have begun. It is our 16th year of doing this every week.
1: Yeah, we're just starting to figure it out. I think we're starting to figure it out. We've seen a lot of games. We've seen a lot of things. We've seen a lot of change. And like everybody else, we're excited to kick this thing off on Thursday night.
0: Can't wait. All right, we got a lot of topics to talk about. The first one I got to get to, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I got like four or five emails from people. And I don't know, maybe it was talked about on television or something, but people asking me, do I think Devontae Adams can break Megatron's single season record from 2012 of 1,964 yards? I want your opinion. I'm going to give mine first. I think he absolutely can. He's the best receiver in football, and it's not close. I don't think it's close. He's just that. I've never – I've been around some superstars in my life, okay? You know Irvin and watched him up close, and Magic Johnson for everybody. Um, Being from Michigan, growing up in Lansing, we know him as Irvin, but but Magic Johnson. Um, I remember watching Kobe and Michael practice. Um, and watching them up close when the cameras weren't on. Um, Magic, ton of time, not a ton with Kobe and Michael, but enough to see what they were like. Um, Barry Sanders, watching him. um, I got to watch Wayne Gretzky a couple of times. So I've been around greatness. Max Crosby, in my opinion, has everything greatness. Devontae, Magic said this to me one time, John, he said, you can't be a great player unless you're a good player who makes everybody around you better. He said, if, if you're not making everybody around you better, you can't be great. You're just good. Um, that stuck with me. I have, I've asked other – I remember one time you know, asking other superstars about it, and they all agreed. Um, Devontae is that guy. He's a coach. He's a mentor. He's high character. There's nothing about him. If you took football away from him, just the man he is, he's what every dad wants his son to grow up and be like. He's what he wants your daughter to marry as far as just character. But this Raider team, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is more accurate. I think he's going to get him the ball more. But there's so much talent around him with it an elite top two running back in Josh Jacobs. I don't think he gets to those numbers just because I don't think the Raiders are going to be that one-dimensional. And having watched and covered Calvin that year, it was all one-dimensional. It was embarrassingly, I mean, you knew it was Calvin or nothing. So I don't think he can, even though I think he's more
1: talented than Calvin. What do you think? Where am I wrong? Well, he's got another game. That certainly helps. Uh, I think the point you made about is this the only option every play? Is this the top option? That's a huge difference between Johnson. There really wasn't anything else in Detroit. The better situation for the Raiders is that he has an opportunity to get that many yards, um, but it's uncertain or it's really not going to happen because it's being spread out so much. You talked about the young tight end. We don't know what's going to happen there, but we're hopefully going to find out pretty quickly with Jacobs back in the mix. That's enormous. It's a huge difference as far as how many options you have. So I think the opportunity is there. You've got a new quarterback throwing to him. You don't know for sure what's going to happen there. But as far as the skill set, mastering his craft, combining that mastery with uh, pretty much an athletic peak, you see, well, there's an opportunity for it. It's something to watch for sure. I think we probably need to get deep into november before we know if there's a chance for it and obviously of course you're always talking about health and and, uh, staying healthy that's a given but as far as opportunity goes you see it there but i think the interesting point is does this offense have to rely too much on trying to get the ball to him almost every play they can if so what kind of gas can he hold in his tank throughout a very long season. Again, the Raiders are going 12 straight weeks here to start 12 straight weeks. That's not a short period of time. It's going to be something to watch. I would bet against it just because there's only one guy that's done it. And those circumstances were such that, I mean, I don't think those lions had anything else going on that year, other than Calvin Johnson. It was
0: terrible. All right. I want to get to the next one. Cause there's a couple of rule changes. I want to talk to you about the first
1: is the, they're going to the push rule. Let's talk about the push rule. Points of clarification. This is interesting. We saw so many pushes last year. We saw them in the Super Bowl. We saw them used to success. There is a huge divide in the competition committee. Is that okay? Is that football or is that rugby? It's going to stay legal for now. Here's the interesting thing. A lot of young folks may not know this was illegal in the NFL for a long time. Then it had become legal, and now it's becoming in vogue. I love the Brady-style sneak. I think it's the most one of the most effective plays to get a first down on short yardage. I don't love the push as much. It's interesting. You can't pull. That's deemed to be too dangerous, I think, for player safety. You're putting guys basically backwards. You can't pull anybody over, but you can push them. Let's keep an eye on this. This suspicion is that this is going to get more popular. I would agree with it. What I don't know is what teams can really do to stop it. You've got a combination of trying to go really low from the snap and other guys that are going to be flying through the air. You've got play action possibilities. I think we're going to have a two-year window where this push is going to become more and more popular. We're going to see it more often. We're going to see everything develop around it, and then they're going to shut it back down. My guess is that it's not good, but I, I do like that. I do like, I think we can agree, we like a promotion of some balance. So something good for the running game is pretty good as a starting point because uh, we want to see more balance. We don't want to just see the sport become pass only.
0: No, and I'm going to say this to you, Johnny. I, I I am frustrated with the wimpification of football. I know that's not a word. I don't care. It's a my word. It's, it's a wimpification I love physicality it's what makes this sport what it is I understand quality of health for players I get that but even the players will tell you we know the risks uh, I'm uh, listen push drag call I don't care it's football I, it reminds me of that old Olivia Newton-John
1: song I want to get physical <laughs> that's what football is yeah and I, I really like keep an eye on this because i think we're going to see it drop down extensively to the college level especially when there's a difference a huge Mm -hmm. difference in athleticism between two teams especially early in the schedule and i think you might even see it in some of your high schools this year at the nfl level the physicality should be as tight as a drum really tight but we're going to see some teams maybe be able to wear some down and uh other teams get worn down and, and maybe have their will broken. And when we get into talking about teams that are going to make playoff runs or what we think will uh, coming up in the, in the future, I actually have a different thought and emphasis on the running game. Who can, who can push? Who can do what the Eagles did in the Super Bowl and just wear somebody out? And even though they didn't win, even though they slip and slid all over that field, that was really the mass coming out party for the push. I think we're going to see it all over the league starting in week one.
0: All right. Next, the leading with the helmet rule. Your thoughts on this? Uh, because let me just say it. this. Yeah. I, I Everyone, hate the wimp. Yeah. I, I hate the wimpification of football. And I understand we've got people who, with a pure heart, are trying to make the game safe. I get that. I respect that. But there is a rule of unintended consequences, and so you would see quarterbacks lower their head and go helmet to helmet, and the defender, well, what was I supposed to do? I was trying to go at his midsection. He ducked. You'd see it with running backs, wide receivers. Um, it, to me, it was always more offense than defense. I hated the rule. Now, do I want to see a guy out there sparing people? No, but I hated the rule. It was the wimpification. It's people who've never played People who don't know the game trying to legislate a game. You know, I always say this, and, and and I'm not getting political at all. You can't legislate morality. You know, we saw when they said, "Okay, we're going to make all of alcohol legal." What happened? And and I and and I think I, at least I hoped America learned a lesson. You can't legislate morality. Now, it, you say, "What's that got to do with football?" You can't legislate physicality out of a physical game because if you do then you get soccer where where some guy looks at another guy falls over and a guy rips out his credit card and says you're out because you got too physical i mean I I, 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 I I hate the wimpification and i'm glad that they're they're, they're going to try to be more careful here john this was good news for me
1: yeah see i am i'm on a, a, i think i'm on a different side of the fence here uh the sport has has done this from the beginning when they instituted downs what's interesting to me is you all have seen it the biggest defenders are the guys with the ball in their hand that's what's yes. so interesting about this points of clarification it's time the nfl come down on the guy with the ball if i can't commit unnecessary roughness as a defender which is what the league and the sport want want to want to main want to want to restrain you don't want unnecessary roughness it's got to account for the guy with the ball. I can't tell you how many times I've seen games the last couple of years where I'm like, that's got to be 15 on the guy with the ball. He led with the crown of his helmet, which you cannot do. It's got to be a foul. They, they don't want it. it, it it's, not, it's just not okay. Or um, not so much a stiff arm, but something else unnecessary. So the interesting point of this clarification is the league is saying, we are aware who is doing this more often than not. And you with the ball – Do not have some kind of magical shield around you where you can lead with your head. If you do, it's got to be a penalty. Now, we've got to come up with a smart way to do that. We need a graduated penalty scale where if you do that with the ball, maybe it's a five or 10-yard penalty the first time. If you do it again in the game, then you're talking 15. If you do a third lead and hit with the helmet, then you're probably out of the game. That's the next step for the NFL. I like... I'm with you. I don't want to wimpify the game. I also understand that we can't have people running around leading with the crown of their helmet, blindsiding people.
0: Yeah, I don't we want don't that. Need
1: people leading with their helmet um, that have the ball. This is the interesting thing to me. There's going to be plays, mark it down, guaranteed in September where people are going to be fined and or suspended and or penalized for the ball carrier looks like a simple play leading with his head. They want that out of there. I think it's good that the offensive players are going to be held to account. There's no reason they should be able to lead with their helmet when defenders cannot.
0: You know, I you know this, and I think you'll know who I'm talking about. I'm, I'm very close with several former running backs in the NFL, and one of them told me they, they were watching film one time about this safety and how he likes to come in low. It was a very popular safety. And they said, so make sure when he's coming, you duck your head because there's a good chance you're going to get a helmet to helmet. And that's how I knew right then the wimpification was hurting the game that I love so much. Okay, let's keep going. Because Joe Montana, many people consider, if not the greatest, the second greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football Um, or top five. I'm just telling you what many people think. I've got him in my top five. He comes out and says, and I was so glad to hear this. He said that he thinks the best quarterback of all time was Dan Marino. Now, Dan Marino, in my opinion, I think he's absolutely, I think I had Dan as number two or three. I got him real close. And he told me I had Johnny Unitas as one. That guy just did everything. I think he's one. I think Tom Brady's two. I had Dan Marino three. But He talked about why he thought Dan Marino is the best. I love Dan Marino. It's not his fault the Dolphins didn't believe in defense. They they should have played in the Big 12. Nice slam there, wasn't it? That doesn't believe in (laughs) defense either. But Montana calls Marino the best ever. Johnny Shop, or as our fans call you, Johnny Guitars. I cannot wait to get your opinion. What do you think of Montana? Saying Marino's the best.
1: Let's talk about it. And I got notes. I got a, I got a tablet to look at uh, first. I'm going to talk such about what you such a lawyer. Yes. Uh, here's what I think Montana's intent was. I got to open people's eyes to a guy that played before the digital era and was gone. And uh, for different reasons as has gone off mostly quietly after, uh, at this point in, into, into the sunset. I think what he was saying was, As an individual player, I think this guy's the best quarterback of all time. I think he's the best quarterback of all time because he had a release like no other. He had extraordinary accuracy. He could make a throw 360 degrees. He had a fantastic uh, central processing unit for football, super high football IQ. I understand what he's saying. Um, Although I do think this discussion is great because it's getting qualified. He's talking about the best individual quarterback. Mm -hmm. There's certainly an argument to be made for him. I can't disagree with him. Joe Montana... To me, uh, you've got probably a combination of, of certainly could be the best and most successful of all time. And maybe we need to have a conversation between Montana and Brady to figure that out. Because, And here's where it gets Raider-centric, folks. If you have not seen Tom Brady explain the basic fundamental of how to play quarterback as he laid out um, uh, in the barbershop show about a year, a year and a half ago, you got to check it out. What he basically said, and I would love to hear what the coaches for the Raiders that worked with him and two of the quarterbacks that played with him think about what he laid out. He essentially said, My job is to identify what the defense is giving me when I get to the line, or obviously w- before that, but when I get to the line and then execute it. He had narrowed down mastering the quarterback position to situational execution. That's why. He was so successful so often. And that's the masterful, masterful work and product of a career studying the game. That's your basic one-on-one. I don't know who else could lay out for you how to play and succeed a quarterback. He laid it right out. And I'm sure Montana would agree because he did the same thing. Now, my thoughts on who the best quarterback would be of all time. If we're going to just talk about the individual player and... We're going to go on their stats and also maybe a little bit of projection of how good they could have been, for example, if they were on a team that decided to participate in defense a little more, which the Dolphins did not for Dan Marino. You can call me biased. I think John Elway is the guy for me. I think Elway's upside was a lot higher than he reached. I think he did reach a good upside. That's a bad word in Raider Nation because most people don't know. No, no, yeah. most
0: not because he was with the Broncos. Yeah, is that Al Davis wanted him badly? Of course. And I think John wanted to be here, and uh, <clears throat> the NFL and. Ooh.
1: Can you imagine how much they would have slung it around and ran around? Oh. It would have been like a, a I mean, John Elway's up there at Stanford. Of course, Al Davis knew who he was. I think he probably mm-hmm. knew how great he could be, and I think he probably yeah, thought that we he wrote
0: didn't an article to. about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. we wrote an article about it. I mean. How in and, and Tom Lamar, who's our Raider historian that writes on our staff, did a fun because he was beat writer for over 50 years on the team. He wrote an article how they wanted him and how the NFL ruined it. Can you imagine John Elway on the same team with Al
1: Sling and Davis? Yeah, I I mean that that's the fun of this idea. And you could say the same thing for Dan Marino. And I, there was rumors of oh. Dan Marino going everywhere, including Oakland, I think, at one time or Los Angeles at one time, way back. But uh, I like that Montana's bringing this up because it's helping people, first of all, have mm-hmm. some fun, separate success from how good the player was. It's it's uh, There's a good bit of speculation and thought into it. But if you haven't seen Tom Brady break down how to master the quarterback position, go check it out because when the games come down to – when it's on the line, whether it's in baseball when the playoffs get going – whether it's in NFL and crunch time, and we're going to see some relatively big games that are going to have some meaning early in the season, it comes down to situational execution. At the quarterback position, can I identify what the defense is giving me, if anything, or can I make a move, a motion, this or that, to, to present an opportunity, and then can I execute it? He laid it out for us.
0: All right, two more two more quick things to cover. We're on a schedule today, but the I'm furious about this one. So uh, you and I have talked a lot about last year with the Cardinals, the general manager gets suspended. Now we find out allegedly um, one of the staff members had a burner phone to talk to the GM. Here's the whole deal. It, I I am convinced that the NFL is more theater than reality because you see things that come along and you think if this was not theater, you know, this would be, okay, you're losing, you lose your job, you lose two first-round draft picks, whatever. You got to learn a rule is a rule, period. But you see a lot of theater. To me, um, I, I hate this because it, if, if you're going to suspend him and say he's gone, then he's got to be suspended and be gone. The problem is, is when stuff like this, the curtain gets removed and then fancy see, see, the NFL knows it's theater. I have so many personal stories that I know um guys getting fined and the commissioner you know whatever uh, to me it, but so when the curtain gets open and fans get to see behind the curtain the nfl almost okay now we really have to do something or we're going to lose all credibility with the fans they have to even though i believe it was wink wink i don't think anybody thought the gm wasn't communicating now that it's so blatant They've got to deal with it, or they're going to continue to have zero credibility to the point where some people even now believe it's WWE. Yeah, it's real, it's physical, but it's predetermined. I I think the NFL, I don't think they want to, but they have to. Your thoughts?
1: Well, first of all, and we're a long way from that, but you don't even want to encroach two seconds on getting to a point where you're wondering, or there's a Uh, large enough audience wondering if any part of the NFL is fixed. I'm not talking about a frozen envelope so the Knicks can draft Patrick Ewing like the the, the old NBA rumor. I'm talking about the most popular entertainment product in the country being at all orchestrated or uh, following a script. That's one. Number two, you know the Cardinals are a mess, but it's bigger than anybody thought. This is the start of the process to find a new owner in Arizona. It's bad. It looks bad. The guy that owns the uh, Cardinals doesn't realize how bad it looks. He's not going to realize how bad it looks. This is not from the uh, offensive line coach's issue in Mexico where he wasn't even there. This goes back a couple years before. This goes back to a suspension of Steve Kime and then use of burner phones and uh, somebody having – uh, filing a claim against, I think it's McDonough filing a claim against the Cardinals. When that happens, you've got other people that are going to be asked questions. Head coach at the time, Steve Wilkes, I think interim head coach, is asked, he's laying it out. This is a bad sign for the Cardinals, a good sign Listen. for the NFL. I think the you know, clock is beginning to tick on the Bidwell family in Arizona. And I don't, like, I got no allegiance to the Cardinals. I'm surprised they had any success. I think they are ripe for a new owner, and when it comes, hello, success.
0: Let me just say this. I don't think the Bidwells are going anywhere because I think the NFL is theater, and he's too powerful of an owner. But I think it's horrible, and I think the NFL is in a lot of trouble. Okay, long term, not now. It's more popular now than ever. Oh yeah, But I think as they keep heading towards – and more well, of this gets behind the curtain, and let me tell you, you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All there,
1: right. There's a huge, as we know, there's potentially a huge reveal behind the curtain coming that we can talk about when that time comes. Well, but everybody who's watching this, we're going to get to that
0: about. in a couple of weeks. In fact, yeah. during the bye week, you and I are going to talk a lot about the John Gruden lawsuit because yeah. there's a lot of angst. Okay, moving quickly. Last thing has nothing to do with football. It's just sports, and it impressed me. You know how much I respect the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Oh yeah, their fans. It, it's an unbelievable place. I've never been in a place where the opposing team, when they come on the field, gets a standing ovation. If you make a good play, they, they, they you know, they, they, they credit it. It's just yeah. I, I tell people all the time. It, until you go to Nebraska Lincoln to watch a football game, you will not understand. They have sold over ninety thousand seats for a girls' volleyball game. I mean, to me, I saw the highlights. It was just awesome. I'm not a big volleyball fan. I like women's volleyball. I don't like men's. Um, I I just think it's – but I just thought going to give them props on this show, that was pretty cool.
1: It was. I saw it. 90,000 sold out. Sea of red. Nebraska is a – they put their stamp on the map as, you know, one of the biggest or the biggest support of all time for a live women's college sports event. Women's college volleyball moves quick. If you can watch it and follow it on TV, it moves quick. And that's probably why. I enjoy watching it. it. Is. Yeah, it moves pretty quick. So you can have it on. You're like, hey. But yeah, this is a huge moment for uh, women's volleyball, a great moment for Nebraska, and a great moment for the Big Ten. There are special places around the country, as we know, in special stadiums. But that one in Lincoln does stand in its own special spot. It is not like all the others. It is unique to its own That big red thing is real.
0: I agree. All right. He's the great Johnny Shop. You can check out the Spartan Pride podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Las Vegas Raiders Insider podcast, also part of the Fans First Sports Network. We'll see you next time, everybody. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle.